Hey, 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 welcome back to another episode of Regular Black Girls. I know we missed you guys last month, but I mean, I don't know about y'all, but I blinked and April was over. That was April, right? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, sorry we didn't have an episode last month. Things happen, life happens. But we're back with uh, an episode this month. And with it being Mental Health Awareness Month, I had the perfect guest to come on the show. Um... Brittany, my friend. Brittany is my friend through my sister and also her sister. Me and her <laughs> sister were really close friends in like middle school and high school. And her and my sister have always been friends. So Brittany has always been around. I call her Rosa. Yes, so if you've ever <laughs> heard me mention Rosa, this is Rosa in the flesh. And so I'll let you introduce yourself and why, um, I guess I'll tell why I felt like you were a great uh a guest to be on the show this month. But just give me a little bit about yourself, who you are and what you Sure, do. I'm Brittany, I guess. As Dominique mentioned, Rosa. Um, but uh, May is Mental Health Month. Um, so I was invited on to talk about mental health awareness, provide some resources. Um, but a little bit about myself, I am a clinical social worker and addiction specialist. Um, so I have been in the field now for over 15 years um, total, um, but licensed probably eight years. Um, so been at this for a while. Yeah. Um, just wanted to come on and provide some resources um, for anyone out there needing help, looking for therapy, mental health, crisis, uh, whatever that may be. So okay. okay, cool. So what made you want to get into like social work therapy, that type of work? It's a long story. Um, so I'm growing up in a background where my mom worked with uh, children with developmental disabilities. Mm -hmm. I think it was something always in me. Um, I went to uh, undergrad and I was I was determined to be um, all of these other things. I changed my major several times. <laughs> I would not disclose the number. Um, but finally, my uh, counselor uh, in college, she's like, what about social work? And I'm like, girl, no, they don't pay enough. Mm -hmm. not, I would never. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and she's like, no, there's all these other things. You can get into medical social work. You can get get into um, clinical social work, get your license. And I'm like, huh? And she's like, you have the, the perfect personality. You care about people, all the mm -hmm. things. So I started looking into it, and I'm like, okay, graduated. Okay, I got to go back home. I'm going to work. Yeah. Um, and before I graduated, she said, you should get your license. And I'm like, I'm not going back to school for nobody. I'm yeah. going to take this yeah. little bachelor's <laughs> and figure it out. Sound like me. Right. Mm -hmm. And so um, when I went um, back home and I started working, I started realizing to advance, I needed my master's. Mm -hmm. um, and along with the master's, most people wanted you to have your license. So okay. I kind of dove back in there. I went back to grad school, um, got my license. Um, while I was in grad school, they provided um, certifications. Okay. So I got my certification in substance use. And so... From there, kind of yeah. went on. <laughs> so tell me, like, social work, and I mean, there may be other people that are out there a little bit confused. What's the difference between being, like, a, a social worker, somebody that helps somebody in that way, and, like, a therapist? Are there two different things? They, they are. Um, I think a lot of times when people hear social work, they think social services, mm -hmm, like, like somebody kids. taking kids away yes, or working absolutely. with kids. Um, no. So um, you can be a clinical social worker and work with children. Um, for my undergrad, um, I worked in foster care for okay. a little bit of time. Um, and so a clinical social worker is someone who is licensed in the field. So we go to grad school, we get our master's, and we have to take um, a postgraduate exam, um, a licensed clinical social work exam. Um, it requires um, a test, um, but it's a certification um, that you receive. Um, and the same thing, too, with substance use. So mm -hmm. you um, things have changed now since I've gotten my license. Um, but at the time that I graduated, um, I had to go through, take my exam, which 
it was a lot. <laughs> I'm not going to like breeze over that like it wasn't. Um, but it's similar to like a bar exam mm-hmm. or like another medical exam. Okay. It's probably the best way to relate it to. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's 170 questions, 175 questions. Um, and it's you pass or you don't. Um, and so the first time I did not pass mm-hmm. and I was devastated. <laughs> um, and so it was it's just one of those things. <laughs> yes. My mom said, don't worry about it. It's okay. Yeah. Um, I was devastated. I remember crying, but I got back to it, studied. Um, mm-hmm. And it's one of those things you shut down, like no friends, no hanging out, no yeah, sacrifice. Uh, sticky notes all over my house. You got this. Um, yeah. Get in there and do it. And so went back and eventually got my license. Um, so it does require like postgraduate, like training, clinical mm-hmm. training, um, internships, all the things. Okay. Um, so it's a lot of work. Um, so like just to kind of, of differentiate, um, yeah. and clinical social workers, we work in clinical settings. So a lot of times mental health therapists, okay. um, a lot of people don't think social work, you hear therapists, yeah. but a lot of us are licensed clinical social workers. Nice, nice. So what makes you like passionate about it? Cause I know, like you said, you gave us a little bit of background on how you got to where you are and like someone kind of encouraged you to take that route like what makes you passionate about doing your work every day I feel like over time that has changed. Initially, mm-hmm. like I wanted to like follow my mom's footsteps. I wanted to work with children with developmental disabilities. Quickly realized like I don't want to work with children at all. <laughs> um, and so the more that I worked in the field, I'm like, okay, I'm passionate about like severe persistent mental illness. Mm-hmm. So your psychiatric diagnosis, schizophrenia, bipolar, yeah. personality disorders. Um, the more like psychiatric mm-hmm. um, uh area. So um, I started off with that. And then along with that, I mean, you have like a lower socioeconomic status. So Mm -hmm. working with people in areas that normally, you you know, some people wouldn't choose to work in. Um, But I just felt passionate to see someone go from like a very low, low baseline and like maybe not having it together or not stable. um, And then seeing that growth, even if it was a little bit of growth. So that intrigued me. Um, I like working with a psychiatrist um, and just building those relationships in the community. So kind of drove me to to work. Um, I'm also a big picture person. So um, I currently do not practice per se, like do therapy or couch therapy, as you Mm -hmm. would call it. Um, I work in more administrative. So I want to. Have you done that before? Though, like, oh yeah, yeah. I had a, <laughs> so coming through like you all start out we, we start out um, with social work you're provisionally licensed um, and so you have a little A behind your name and it's like I took my test or <laughs> I'm preparing to take my test um, and some of us even took the test before we got our um, full license uh-huh. but there's a postgraduate two year period where you have to get your clinical hours um, so I did all of that and during that time like you have to work so you have to prove and go through the yeah, ranks yeah. and all the fun things <laughs> um, and so during that time I just um, recognized like okay I am good at this, mm-hmm. uh, making it uh, personable. Uh, sorry, that was our extra guest in the background. <laughs> sorry, <laughs> no, 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 it's okay. Um, but going like through the ranks and um, figuring out other things, um, just quickly learn like this is good for me. Like yeah. I like doing this. I don't mind getting my hands dirty or mm-hmm. going out into the community, um, fixing needs, meeting people where they are, and not making it so formal. Yeah. So just seem to yeah. be a really good fit. I know you probably. Because you're licensed and you have training, you go to school, they teach you, like, different techniques. But it's, was it hard for you to not get, like, attached to people's stories? I, I think that's – a lot of people ask me that, and it's so funny. Um, I get a, a lot of interns that I work with or mm-hmm. uh, mentees that come through, like, oh, my gosh, like, how do you not take this home with you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Over time, um, you start to be able to compartmentalize. So I have a box, and the way I yeah. explain it, I just put it in the box. When I leave out the door – I leave the box box there. Not to say you don't have emotions and you're, you know, shut off. But after a while, just like, okay, I'm going to, I'm meeting this client where it is. I'm hearing their story. I'm working with them. I'm doing the things. 
show compassion, yeah. empathy, was that sympathy. Or maybe not as much. As it it never think. was. Yeah. I think I have like one or two cases um, in my history of being a social worker where it's like oh, wow, like that yeah. bothered me or yeah. um, that really stuck with me and it sat with me for a few days. Mm-hmm. Um, but they ha- there's a lot of resources out there. Like we have a clinical supervision, so someone that supervises us that we can talk to, we have supervisors in. They always encourage you to get like a mentor, <laughs> someone you can talk to and kind of just be able to process those things. Okay. Um, and EAP too, which is one of the resources I'll mention as far as like a mental health resource. Okay, okay. Um, I'm glad you mentioned that. Like they have resources for you guys too because that was one of my questions later on down but I'll address it now like being a therapist mm-hmm. who who gives therapy to the therapist? Because everyone needs one. Yeah, <laughs> I'll say okay. that. That's also a question. Do you think that everybody can benefit from therapy? I think so. Okay. Um, I think a lot of times, um, there, well, there is a stigma um, mm-hmm. wrapped around therapy. Um, I don't want to go to nobody. I don't want nobody to think I'm crazy yeah. or that there's something wrong with me or whatever and where that do you may think be. That came from. Like, um, I think history. Um, yeah. Back in the day, and I mean, just growing up in a small country town. Mm-hmm. I mean, if someone was a little quirky or different, I mean, they were crazy or odd or whatever that may be um the reality is there might have been something going on with that person and they really needed help Mm -hmm. um and so just thinking about like culture or um racial I mean whatever that may be um contributing to that we don't always seek help yeah Um, you see it too with medical um we don't always seek help um and so sometimes it's not good or you're looked at less than Mm -hmm. or weak um, to be able to go and get help and services. So yeah. I actually was just watching, I watch vlogs all day long and a girl <laughs> I was watching, her name is Face Over Matter, but she mm-hmm. was saying, um, she's been in therapy. She just started back going for like the second time consistently. And she was saying like her family, like kind of like even now, and it's more accepted now we see it on TV right. all the time. You, Social you, media. Yeah, yeah. People talk about it all the time, getting help if you feel like you need it. But she was saying, um, even now, like her family, well, not now, but when she was in going to therapy before, like, they kind of like, girl, you don't need it. Like, right. You can talk to yourself, like, right, right. now. That's like, what family is for. Tell yeah, us. Don't yeah. tell your secrets. And she don't. Was saying, like, now, therapy to her, and she's very faith based, and I know that everybody is, isn't, but she was just like, therapy to her, she felt like God put that there because, right. like, that's somebody who is trained to help you, like, really work through your emotions, and there's different tools and techniques and practices that right. they help you with that make you like think things in a different way. Definitely. Maybe your mama can't help right. you with it, like, or right. your best friend can't <laughs> help you with it. Absolutely. So. One way to think about it is an unbiased um, support system. Yeah. Um, I, the, all therapists are trained. We are all trained in different ways, different um, capacities. We have different passions, whatever that may be. Um, but you come in, it's not my job to fix. It's not my job to tell you. It's my job to help you process through. What are your goals? What is it that you want to achieve? That's different than sitting at the kitchen table and like, oh, girl, no, let me tell you what I think. Um, It's an unbiased opinion. Um, And we also are training like different evidence-based practices. So we have the tools and the skills Mm -hmm. to be able to work through um, different types of diagnosis or different types of issues, family-related or personable, whatever that may be, um, to get you through and achieve the goals. Um, So it's more like building that toolbox and putting it all together for you. Okay. I think we kind of skipped over, like we went in a different direction, but going (laughs) going back to you saying that everybody needs a therapist, Mm -hmm. like you guys do have those resources too. Absolutely. You you feel like therapists should have a a therapist. Absolutely. So I think it's all uh, independent kind of choice or, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. um, have I ever engaged in therapy? I will disclose that I have not. (laughs) Um, But 
I'm able to easily compartmentalize some things I can leave, especially when it comes to work and those type of things. Mm -hmm. um, I utilize the resources available to me, so I am able to sit comfortably and talk to my supervisor if there's an issue. Um, I'm able to process through things with staff, like, mm -hmm. hey, like, what is the issue? What do you see? What are the problems? Um, to be able to be very solution-focused and figure out a resolution. Um, and I feel like I use those skills for myself. Yeah. Um, I'm not against it, of course. A therapist right. I would never deny <laughs> therapy. <laughs> yeah. um, but it's not something that I've sought myself. But I, I know several people, several professionals, mm -hmm. not even just therapists, um, that totally benefit from it. Yeah. Um, getting that extra um, support and, and being able to process through the things. Yeah. Good. That's good. I lost my train of thought. I was thinking of something while you were talking, and I totally lost what I was thinking about. Um, I think one thing that I know one of the thoughts I had when okay. we were talking about um, the stigma against it and, mm -hmm. like, families not really wanting you to go. I think one thing, and it seemed like it would be common sense, but not always, that there's different types of counseling and different oh, types of therapists. Like you said, you do substance abuse, but you also dealt with other therapy. Like, what are some, like, ways that people can find what therapy they really need. Absolutely. Like grief counseling. Like, how do they Definitely. find where they need to go? So there's a ton of resources out there. Um, one to go. Um, by the way, I'm not endorsing anything. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, one thing that I always encourage people to find the right fit. Every shoe does not fit. Mm -hmm. um, and so you may feel more comfortable talking to a male or a female, someone yes. who is black, someone's white, um, Asian, Hispanic, someone who's culturally related to you um, or relatable. Mm -hmm. um, and so there's resources out there. Um, there's like better help or psychology today. You can get on and actually do a full filtered search. Yeah. The girl that I was just telling you about, she was actually not to cut you off. I'm sorry. Oh, she no, no, was talking about better help and she's mm -hmm. saying you can, you can customize it that way. And I totally forgot. So you just said that, but she's like this go around. She wants someone who was a woman, someone who's faith-based, someone who's older. Like, right. Right. She had those criteria right. and it made her comfortable. She's like, her therapist now, like, she loves this person. Right. And then so. it's almost like a, a matchmaking. Yeah. <laughs> like a dating uh, Right. Or, so you put in there else. all the things. If you have religious views and that's important to you, you can put that there. If you, um, again, race, um, sex, all the things you can put. Insurance, mm -hmm. even. Um, your symptoms. What do you feel like is going on? What do you feel like the areas of need? You can put those all in there and they'll say, hey, these are the clinicians that specialize or that fit your criteria. Um, another thing, too, that people don't think about is if it doesn't fit, change it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, there, I mean, even when I did like one-on-one -on -one individual therapy, um, I would get clients and say like, Hey, um, this is not working for me. And then with the, the client, I'm like, wait, I'm a good therapist. And they're like, no, um, I think I feel more comfortable talking to somebody else about this or vice versa. As a therapist, I get, would get individuals that come in and say, Hey, XYZ is going on, and I'm like, oh, I don't know enough about this topic. Yeah. I do not specialize in this. I am not a good fit. Here are some options, resources, tools. Let's get you to somebody else who's a better fit. Okay. So it's about finding that match. Very good. And you, you talked about um, uh, affordability a few minutes ago. You mentioned something like if, if insurance, I think that's mm -hmm. what you said. Um, for people who feel like they can't afford a therapist, are there resources to them? Absolutely. To them? Absolutely. So you have the insurance route. You have okay. what's called pay and scales. Um, so some therapists say, hey, we'll work on a pay and scale. Um, your first one second, first or second appointment with a therapist should always be about like, hey, what is our goal? What is our mm -hmm. plan? Mm -hmm. um, what does the payment look like? Um, and so figuring out that. Is it going to be insurance? Is it going to be um, cash? Is it going to be whatever okay. that, you know, looks like? Um, there's also resources out there um, for like Medicaid or people who do not have insurance. Okay. Um, so 
again, mm-hmm. there is a shoe to fit. It's yeah. just about finding those yeah. resources. You got to want it. You got to do a little bit of right, a little bit of, a little bit of resource, yeah. re- uh, uh, research. Excuse me. Um, but I will give you a whole list of resources. Okay. Um, and we'll post combination. Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. So if you guys are looking for a therapist, um, our main takeaway for today is one: don't feel like I feel like it's 2023. The stigma against it kind of should be done with I mean we all can benefit from some type of mental health therapy like you're not alone (laughs) yeah I feel like a big part of my mental health is um keeping a healthy mental health Mm -hmm. I don't know if that makes it um (laughs) but you get what I'm trying to say it's like my self-care first up like um I try to do all the things that make me feel good and I feel like in turn mentally that makes you feel good. absolutely and that's so funny because that ties into um 2023's mental health um Oh, sorry. <laughs> um, but it's hot. Is it okay? It's fine. Yeah, sure. We'll, okay. Yeah, well, the okay. video will be cut a little short, guys. But okay. Y'all, y'all listen to the audio. I don't know what's going on with the camera. No worries. Um, so with um, 2023, um, one of the uh, biggest themes is, like, looking at mental health, like, 360. <clears throat> so paying attention to what is going on in your home, um, going on in your um, environment, whether that's your house environment or your work environment, all the things. So looking at the whole pie, mm-hmm. um, paying attention to your inner self, your external, all the things that impact us. Okay. Um, I think with COVID, a lot of you know people are isolated and alone and didn't have the resources or the socialization you know that they may have had before. Um, so like numbers are coming out where like mm-hmm. depression is spiking. Um, and even some of those numbers were spiking before COVID. Yeah. So not, but I can definitely see COVID absolutely. playing a huge role in that. Like in the, um, hair salon today we were talking about, I mean, we listened to Tabitha Brown mm-hmm. and she was on a podcast and she was saying, um, basically talking about relationships really, but she was saying during COVID people realized that they were really going to work and being workaholics. They were trying to escape something at home right. and then they had to sit with it and people became so right upset with who their what their reality really was right they didn't right. know how to like handle that absolutely yeah. um and another uh reading the data um i think it was abc news if i'm not mistaken put out something this past week about like depression mm-hmm. um african-american and hispanic women it increased drastically since like 2017 so they really? couldn't say if it was really COVID or not yeah but some of the the key points that they pointed out were about um covid Staying home with children, mm-hmm. rearing. A lot of times it was the woman that stayed at home with yeah. the children while the men, you know, went home and continued to work. Um, so their depression rates, their anxiety, um, frustrations, all of those things kind of spiked. Um, so there's a lot of cool data coming out just kind of showing um, the impacts of COVID. Probably mm-hmm. be another year or two before we get a full picture. Yeah. But all right, cool, cool. Well, yeah, back to that. <laughs> um, yeah, we want you to take away from that. Don't feel like you can't go get the help or that there's going to be some type of people going to look at you crazy. If they look at you crazy, they might need to go get some help <laughs> themselves. We so, all have something. Yeah, like everybody can it can benefit from it is what we're Definitely. saying. Um, but we're going to pivot a little bit here. Um, we hope you enjoyed that segment about <laughs> mental health. Um, being that it is Mental Health Awareness Month, um, go get you the help if you need it. And we'll have those resources listed um, below on the video. Um, but yeah, so with our podcast being regular <laughs> black girls, I've been wanting to have this conversation for quite some time. It's kind of <laughs> juicy, kind of controversial. I don't really know. But okay. <laughs> But anyway, so, um, you know, we stand for, like, being a regular black girl. Right. Like, and we've said countless times, like, what it means to us to be regular black girls, being, like, the blueprint, um, you know, being authentically yourself. Right. As a biracial woman, 
where do <laughs> where do I fit in? <laughs> where do you feel like you fit in when it comes to talking about being proud to be a black woman? Like, do you feel like growing up you ever had to pick a side? I, I don't feel like I had to pick a side. I felt like I had to prove myself okay, um, okay. sometimes. Um, so growing up and just diving in a little bit about me, um, predominantly uh, black family. Mm -hmm. uh, my mom literally was one of like three white women in our family. Um, and they all had married in. So mm -hmm. we're really the only biracial children there um, <laughs> at the time. And I'm the oldest of four. So, yeah. you know, kind of one of the first, I'll say. Yeah. Uh, there may have been like one other um, kid older, a little bit older than me in the family that was also biracial. So you're growing up, and this is like a first time for everybody. First mm -hmm. time for our parents, first time for their parents, for them, for us. Um, so just the things that came up, like some of the names being called, mm -hmm. some of the, and it's like, what? Yeah. Um, and I remember not even recognizing or understanding what color was until I like got in school. And it's like, well, my mom is the only mom that's white. Like I knew this at home with my yeah. cousins, but my mom is the only one that's white. Like, yeah. okay, whatever. Um, <laughs> but some of the things like, um, Kids picking and, you know, kids nitpicking, getting fights and name calling and the things. And we won't even go down that road. Right, right, but right. I remember my mom having a conversation with us when we were little, uh, me and my sister, um, that you have the best of both worlds. And don't let nobody ever tell you that. And I was like, what is this lady talking about? <laughs> like, okay. And she broke it down like, you are black and you are white. You're like, both. it is what it is. Don't never, no, <clears throat> excuse me, don't never let anybody make you feel less than because mm -hmm. of that or your skin or your hair. You are who you are. And if they have a problem with it, that's on them. Mm -hmm. So I think just having that and moving through yeah. life. So yeah. um, the proving the self. Um, so like maybe not until like middle school, cause mm -hmm. I mean, you get around girls, girls can be mean at that age. Um, I feel like there was a lot of things that I endured as a young biracial kid, like growing up. And I mean, all of my friends were either black, white, and I maybe had like one Asian friend. Mm -hmm. Um, and so just trying to like, not necessarily fit in, but be myself. But in, you hear the things like, well, oh, you think you better than us, mm -hmm. or you think, you know, and it's like, well, dang, like, I'm just being myself. Yeah. Like, I'm not, you know, yeah. racially, you know, influenced here <laughs> in no way other or another. And some of the things you don't notice, but other people notice about you. Yeah. Um, so I just always felt like it was like, dang, like, trying to just fit in and, and make that work. Yeah. Not because I felt a certain way, but because I felt like other people you felt a certain to way. You wanted to them that you were. Right, like, person. I'm just, like, I'm still cool. Yeah, like, I'm, I'm not, you know. Like, I can get along with everybody. Right. Like, like, cause you, I feel like you are chameleon. I feel like you can kind of fit in with people it. say that. I do feel like that about myself. Yeah, like, but do you think that caused you to, that played a part in you being like that today? Like, I felt like I was always like that. Like, okay. even as a little kid, like very inclusive. I never like, race was never a thing that like, you were just always I, a people it was just person. always a people person. Yeah. And so, um, later on though, like being bullied, it kind of made me step back. Like girls are mean. Like I'm going to mm -hmm. be a guy's girl. Like, mm -hmm. you know, but then after a while I was like, why do I even care about any of it? Yeah. I'm just going to be myself, whatever that is. Um, but it's always, and maybe shaped and molded me that on top of my like upbringing and my household um, to be just very open, very receptive, very supportive um, of just anybody. Like mm -hmm. developmental disabilities, you think about like race, gender, like it's just like it is. You are who you are. It doesn't bother yeah, me. It yeah. doesn't, you just like, you know, know. So you had the, the best of both. Yeah, so like it's be like proud whatever. to be black and then you can also be proud to accept the white yes. side of you. Yeah. I, I wanted to ask you that because I, I'd heard in a song, I think it's Leighton Green, but I've heard mm -hmm. it before, but she's like, she, oh, what was the saying? Um, she grew up basically, and I'm paraphrasing, but she always felt like she was too white for the black folk mm -hmm. and too black for 
white yeah. folks. Like, so she didn't uh-huh. know where she where fit she in. fit in. Like, so I never had that feeling, but mm-hmm. uh, like I just felt like whatever. And I had like good friends. Like mm-hmm. I never. And my friends are very diverse. Like oh, yeah. <laughs> I would say that you have a very diverse yes. Group of friends, but I feel like you are authentically yourself across the board. I yeah. feel yeah. yeah. I was I, I feel like that. Like I hope it comes off that yeah. way too. <laughs> Right, like everybody's welcome. Yeah, like I, I feel like nobody would be like, oh, like she acting weird. No, right, like, right, like, like if this is across party. the board, right. Yeah, I feel like you could have a party with all of your friends. Right, right, I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> One I thing I found very interesting though, like growing up in a mixed I mean, a biracial family. Mm-hmm. I always assume like every biracial family ran like ours. Like, yeah, it, yeah. We grew up the same. Like in my mind, do not ask me how or why. But I had nothing <laughs> to reference this or compare it to. I mean, I guess that makes sense because growing up, you know, we think all black families right the same. Like everybody got cousins. That's how your cousins. Right. Like. So college, undergrad, we had to do this like learning project, and it was a group of us. And there happened to be this uh, other girl who's also mixed. Her mom's white. Her dad's black. Her experience growing up was the opposite a hundred percent really so she was raised in like a predominantly white family and okay. she like related to like predominantly like white women and i mean i remember her one time saying like black women like intimidate me a little bit and i'm like girl like you black right <laughs> <laughs> like wait what and she was the sweetest girl and very genuine and that was her experience and i that was the first time that i'm like wow like okay so we not all the same. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, Do you feel like being raised by predominantly one side can like affect? Like, I guess it, I'm answering my question, but can, can like negatively affect how you go into the world? Because you're kind of like. I think it can skew you. And I think that's where it's like, um, for anybody, I don't care what your race are. When you come together and you choose to have children, just making sure that they like understand their culture and who they are and that they're like sound and balanced. Mm -hmm. Um, you don't have to be around another culture. I mean, we didn't grow up around my mom's family. So Mm -hmm. our point of reference was my mom is white. Okay. (laughs) Um, and so, um, and our, again, like all of our influence or like points of reference, our family, whatever, everybody's black Mm -hmm. or, you know, some mixed, um, and so I think it's just important to have that because it does m- just make you a balanced individual going out into the world, yeah. in my opinion. Yeah. And I'm glad my mom kind of had that conversation with us, even though the, it was because of like um, being like bullied or, you know, just negative comments. She had that conversation at an early age because I think it shaped us to like view the world a little bit different. Yeah. And I've gotten in so many conversations. Um, I won't say arguments. I'll just say discussions <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> with my friends. Like, no, that's not like, no, you can't think of it like that. Or, you know. Well, think of like race. In a race sense. or um, just sometimes like racially um charged comments even though if it's not like a negative connotation like just making comments that yeah that's like you can't say that like yeah. so <laughs> that's a good question because you know like it's stuff is there's double standards in a, in a lot right. of things in the world and so there are times where we as black folks say stuff that would be really racist if a white person said it to us yes. do you get offended when black people I, be like I don't I don't I laugh it off and the funniest thing is goodness <laughs> I'm gonna have to share this with one of my best girlfriends from college um we got into a full-blown conversation <laughs> discussion slash argument 
about like race because she'll like make little like jokes like them kind or those white people not your mama though like yeah. and I'm like, <laughs> like but my mom is like she's not like she is white yeah, I am half white. white like yeah. even though like I can't really say I relate to like a, my white side of my family I'm still my mom's still white mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm still half white so just be conscious <laughs> of like what you're saying because while it doesn't bother me you need to be prepared if you're saying that in front of somebody else and they're really offended by yeah. it. And so I was just like, I always took that approach to like, I hate to say educate because I was not, a, you know, <laughs> but to like, know. hey, like you might want to just be aware. I just came up because I did wonder that before. Like, yeah, I don't know. Something happened one time and it's like, oh, this. Yeah, like, a lot and a lot of people do that. Like, I'm sorry, Brittany. I know your mom white, and I'm like, it's okay. Like, <laughs> I identify as a black woman on paper. I yes, I have to, you know, I put biracial. Um, but I remember third grade, uh, EOGs. Mm-hmm. They, you know, they came pre-check because we think we're too young to fill out the papers. Yeah. Mine said white, and I raised my hand. Really, will never forget my teacher. Um, like this is wrong. You're like, um, I'm both. It's no. I just said it. I'm supposed to be black, and it says I'm white. Because the, back then they didn't have biracial. Right. Mm. It was black, white. I think Native American yeah. or a Hispanic or other or something. Like it was like a very few selection. And I told her this is wrong because I am not white. I am brown. <laughs> Look at my skin, lady. Yes. And so we got into it. And I told her I was not going to take the test. And I crossed my arms and I sat there. She had to call my mom. My mom said, really? Brittany, it's white because I'm white. And that's how my mom explained it to me. And I just was like, oh, okay. But, and I got home and I told her that's not right. Like, it's, yeah. I was supposed to say I'm both or something, you know. You know so I was advocating on Yeah. What third grade? Girl, don't take that test. <laughs> But I, I really like remember that, and I'm like, man, I wonder if my teacher was like, where did this girl come yeah, from? This little third grader, that's yeah. like, no, this is not right. But it said I was white and my I was brown, like I was yeah, not ready to that is go funny. forward with that third grade test. That's too funny. <laughs> Another question I have for you. I know this isn't hasn't been your experience, but okay. it's something I want to cover. Um, what do you think as a biracial woman about people who are also mixed race who do like white passing, like they benefit from? white culture when it's convenient and they benefit from black culture when it's convenient um honestly speaking i feel like if you have to do that to pass you're not comfortable with yourself Mm -hmm. i I, there's something that's to me is something not there like it's i'm gonna be my authentic self and if i can't show up to the table and be that and you receive or accept me like for whatever that may be even if i gotta prove myself to you Mm -hmm. um in a matter of like showing like okay I recognize you have some issue here, yeah, yeah. but this is what I am, and this is who I am, and this is what I bring to the table. You either accept it or you don't. Yeah, um, um, I feel like too that goes along with like that whole identity crisis, mm-hmm. um, and so maybe they need some therapy, yes, and yes. some inner work to kind of figure <laughs> yeah. out what it is that why why do you feel the need to do that? Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, I think the movie is it passing on Netflix? No, I think it's a movie. About it is a movie oh, about it. Yeah, yeah it's really good. It. Um, but I watched it and I was like, what in the world? Like, I just thought it was bizarre. Really? Um, so in the movie, they're, they're doing exactly that. Yeah, she is. Uh, I think she's very, very light skinned. Um, yeah. Tessa Thompson. The girl that's on Creed? Yes. Yes. Okay. Okay. Yes. Um, it's her and another, um, girl. Um, and I think they kind of grow up together, friends or cousins or something, but they ended up, once she passed, the, the other, the I can't even talk. One of the girls ends up passing, like, growing up, marrying a white man, like, mm-hmm. living in a white lifestyle, you know. Um, and it's like, how dare you? Yeah. You know, like, yeah. what in the world? So, I that mean, back so then, in the time frame, and I don't know, yeah. I don't want to quote the time frame. It was probably like the, it 
Did y'all watch um, the Jazz Man's Blues, whatever that uh, Tyler Perry movie? It was similar to that. Okay, okay, yes, yeah. similar to that. Um, she was a lot lighter okay. in, in the Jazz. Yeah, well, <laughs> Tyler Perry's movie. Yeah. It was a lot lighter um, yeah. than uh, Tessa was in the other movie, but the same concept. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, I definitely wanted to ask you that because I just thought that was interesting. I know it happens all the time. Like even going back to like the Meghan Markle stuff, like mm-hmm. not really knowing her black side, which is confusing to me because her mama got dreads and a nose ring and all right, that. Like, right. but kind of going. She adopted her white lifestyle and the white lifestyle because it was convenient to her yeah. and made more sense to her, I guess. Right, like, right. She, growing up, had looked more ethnic, but right. then chose, I guess, to she To kind of alter that. Yeah. I, mean, I think that was for her own personal gain. Yeah. So that yeah. might be a little bit different than, like, the whole personal, like, I don't know. Like, if I don't know and I'm just in this cult, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, the girl, like you were saying, like, the girl you met in college, Right. She's totally ob- different. Ob- ob- <laughs> <laughs> she was oblivious almost. Yeah. But she, and she knew her family. Like, it's not like she didn't grow up with not knowing her dad. Like, she still, you know, was around him and those type of things. But she just, her, predominantly raised by her white family. Yeah. So, very interesting. That makes sense. And I guess that's, <laughs> that question, I had another question about, like, code switching. But I guess that ties into it. Like, if mm-hmm. you're your authentic self, you're not going to code switch just because you know yeah. you can pass. Now, I'll say, like, work at home, you're probably going to get two different briefs. <laughs> <laughs> so I feel like that's appropriate. Um, not that I'm not myself, but it's like, okay, I, I wouldn't say this at work, but I can yeah, say this at home. Oh, yeah, no, absolutely like, not. Board, yeah, like, like, you got to be professional in some you, settings. A chameleon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. But that was like in the workplace. But like going back to that question, I was saying if you can pass for another race and you code switch, that's still working to your advantage. Like, oh, I am going to act like I like country yeah. music today and hang out with my coworkers. Yeah, you're like, not. I just feel like you're not comfortable with yeah. yourself. That that's an inner working issue that. Therapy would be great <laughs> to yeah, help you process yeah. it because there's a reason why, like you yeah. know, something is making something you feel shapes like, that, yeah. and the reason you feel the need to do that. Maybe yeah. I'm not comfortable or confident, or you know, um, I feel the need to be accepted by them because I don't have friends belonging right. or the right. sense of so. Right. Okay. I don't know. Okay, that's a good yeah. conversation. <laughs> Definitely. So you you mentioned that you identify as a black woman. You identify as a regular black girl. I'm a regular <laughs> black girl. I am biracial and happy. Yeah. Like you can't hide it. But I mean, I walk around. No one looks at me. I'm like, oh, she's mixed. Yeah. Like, you know, I might get some other, you know, ethnicities or what have you, and that's fine. Um, but I, I I am seen in the world as yeah. a black woman. <laughs> so, yeah. yes. Okay. And with that said, I'm going to ask your opinion. I've been asking all my guests so far. Okay. What, in your opinion, what is a regular black girl to you? A regular black girl, girl someone's walking in their authentic self, mm-hmm. I feel. Um, no matter what. No matter the shade. Yeah. <laughs> um, how you identify. Um, again, I'm a biracial woman. Yes, I am biracial. Can't deny that. Um, but I'm seen in the world as a black woman. Um, yeah. And so it is what it is, yeah. you know. Um, but I think a regular black girl again just being authentic to yourself to your culture not code switching yes yes yes. (laughs) keeping with it whatever that may be um i think that was what i would say uh third guest do you have a second guest do you have anything else you want to say back there (laughs) any questions awesome 
So happy to be able to come on and provide resources. So important. <laughs> it is. It is very important, and I think, like I said before, we all can benefit from it. Um, I think some of us are afraid of what our peers and family may think. Absolutely. But if you are dealing with something and you feel like you need help, you definitely should utilize the resources that are available to you. Absolutely. And if you don't feel like maybe you need therapy, but you need something, figure out what those. Um, self-care things are that you could do if you want to move your body more that helps with mental health like right. if you want to go out in the sun i see people saying that a lot vitamin just d is get, key yeah like going out there and just getting some sun yes. and getting fresh air like figure out whatever it is that helps you i journal all the time but if that's not your thing like if you can't put it on paper um i seen it in, in the salon again today on the <laughs> everything kind of just tied into it's it salon, but, yeah. and, and it was more faith-based so if that's not it's therapeutic thing, yeah it's therapeutic yeah if that's not your thing that's not your thing but right. a, a guy on the podcast was just saying like sometimes like god put therapists on the earth for a reason like that that's a profession for a reason so sometimes journaling ain't gonna be enough right like, sometimes talking to your friend ain't gonna be enough so go to that therapist and it ain't gotta be nobody else's business right for real. see like, the professional if you, resources yeah if you that's what you want to do so yeah. i definitely appreciate you coming on here and educating us a little bit more telling no us the problem. difference between some things um because you are licensed you are the oh, professional thank you <laughs> so yes guys we will have those resources listed Rosa, yes Brittany, is there anything else i will on. say one of the resources has a pretty cool toolkit so you can get on there and it talks about like what are some things i can do um exercise is one of them getting out in the sun mm -hmm. socialize and journaling um, but there's a pretty cool toolkit you can download so we'll make sure that they're all there alright well until next time thank you Rosa yes thank you for having me make sure you guys are liking subscribing uh, downloading the podcast and sending it to a friend until yes. next time we'll see you guys later <laughs>